0: This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey Jason Glick, how are you? I'm doing fine, John. It's like, yo, know, it's Halloween as we're recording this right Halloween, now. Halloween! Halloween! Yes, it is Halloween. So, what do you have for us uh, this spooky evening, this haunted evening? All Hallows' it, Eve. Oh, yes, yeah, like I've got like something inappropriate, and that's of course coming from the um, from the pen of Mike Mignola. Now, Mignola, as longtime readers of the site and just you know general comics fans will know, it's like it's a Creator of Hellboy, it's like one of the most enduring of um, horror comics icons, but you know it's like um, he's not the only um, character that that Minola has um, has created in this genre. Another one is that of Lord Henry Baltimore, it's like a uh, like an English lord who fought during World War One, who awakened an ancient vampire and saw his life ruined because of it. Now, now um, it's like well, I like I'll. Know, generally pick up anything from Mignola because you know he's established a a baseline standard of quality for his works over the years it's like between um his work between his contributions to hellboy it's like and bprd and the various mini miniseries spun off in that universe baltimore however is not one of those this is a uh this is actually a novel that he uh, co-wrote with um with author um, Christopher Golden, and they eventually decided to um, spin off into a uh, comic book adaptation of it. Now, I have not read the original novel. Um, reading the uh, volumes of the comic they adapted from it indicates that I should have, because it's easily um, one of the best things that I've read from from Mignola. Um, now, a little backstory... Um, um, Baltimore um takes place like starts like um in the middle of war- World War One, involving an English lord who is fighting on the fighting on the front lines and um after being um wounded on no man's land, um uh, awakes to find um like um vamp- like um vampires. Not like humanoid vampires you're familiar with, but like um bestial, um bat like um creatures feeding on the uh it's like on the dead and dying in no man's land and one of them when who comes for him like uh, make uh baltimore like fights the guy off like slashing his touching the vampire's face it's like like causing his like i'm um, ca- causing him to flee and his blood to poison the land and um as baltimore is rescued he is then like rescued and then um like he's recuperating at a, at a war, at a, um, war hospital, he's visited by the vampire, who, like, in this world, like, the vampires are just, like, you know, bestial creatures who have just, like, forgotten who they are, who only content to feed on the dead until, like, Baltimore wounds this one, a, a vampire by the name of Hygus, who, it's, like, who was, like, who tells him that, you know, like, you've, You've like you've made me remember who I am, what I'm supposed to be. It's like now it is war between us, and Hygus uh, then goes on to um, like a murder and turn Baltimore's like family when he returns from the front. It's like and and um, this causes Baltimore to to realize that you know, he now has a it's like he has a purpose in life to kill to kill It's like in revenge for what he has done now. First four volumes are basically, the, are, for what I understand, an adaptation of the the novel that Magnola um, wrote with Golden, with art by Ben Stenbeck. Stenbeck um, is a guy who has collaborated with Magnola on multiple occasions, um, like with the original, it's like the original and um, fourth volume of, Witchfi- of the Witchfinder series, Frankenstein Unbound, um, like a miniseries and the upcoming, um, Koshiki, the deathless. It's like if memory serves, it's like Stenbeck, um, I believe is one of the reasons why this, um, the, this, like, um, the series works really well from the beginning. So like he's got a, uh, he, has got a certain amount of simplicity and directness in his art. It's like, the, um, that, it's like the same kind of thing that Mignola has, even though Mignola is arguably um uh, more pure in like how is, how, uh, he's like a thoroughly min- minimalist. It's like in his like um, he's he just like the fewest amount of lines. It's like and um, it's like and black ink, but a lot of black ink. It's like a negative space in order to show you what's going on. Stenbeck kind of also subscribes to that same um sensibility, but he's got a much more texture in his work. Like he will, he'll offer more. It's, like, more options to show you how, like, um, gradients of, it's, like, um, gradients of color and light, it's, like, in the, it's, like, in the story, it's, like, and, it's, like, as well as, like, um, emotion in the, it's, like, in the characters themselves. It's, like, Stenbeck is a, um, great font, it's, like, is a, is a great artist, and, like, his work in, um, like, in Baltimore, it's, like, is, um, I I believe some of his define. He's done any stuff. He's one of the reasons that, you know, if I see his name in a, um, Minola co-production, it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is probably gonna be good. So, and that works really well here, but also one of the reasons I think Baltimore works in the series that he, that, that, the, that the title character is probably the, the true, the, the one, the only true badass that, um, Minola has created. Now I love Hellboy as much as the next guy, but you know, Hellboy's kind of like you know uh, he's a blue collar guy. Like he's you know fighting monsters because you know that's kind of his job. And he'll like you know punch a guy with, with, and be ready for a right afterwards. Baltimore, on the other hand, is a guy who believes that you know like he's is, he's is forged for one purpose. You know to get to get revenge. And uh, he's and nothing is going to stand in his way. That's probably best exemplified in the second volume, which um the curse bells, which is probably like. Uh, the uh, like the the um the, the absolute best volume of of the series and one of the reasons that I um picked uh, I started picking up on a in hardcover on a regular basis. Because um you know, here's the thing. The only volume of War to be reprinted so far in softcover is the Plague Chips, which I picked up at um Comic Con several years back. And I thought, okay, you know, this is this is pretty entertaining. You know, you got the sky like you know, he was he attacked a vampire. The vampire declared war on him. It's like now he's um, de- um fighting again, fighting against him for like you know for the fate of the world and all, or for for personal vengeance. Like fate of the world comes later, and um, it's like this is fine. You know, it's it's kind of the, it's, it's good, but it's not the kind of like great that I would expect to uh you know that would get me like buying the uh, subsequent volumes in hardcover. think i picked up the uh that um volume two the curse bills the following year at comic-con and that was a revelation it's like this is um established this is one that establishes um baltimore's badass credentials this guy who just um who'd um, rush in it's like to a vampire lair maybe recognizing that it's kind of a trap but also just like you coming out like ahead like ahead of these vampires it's like um and when some of these vampire women like, try to seduce him, he just throws them out the window um, like, leading them to their death in the sunlight and then um, you know, fall, like, I'm um, following the trail into the forest um, fighting against, and then fighting against some monsters that were, like, that were meant to be the, uh, like, the real trap there. And then it's so, like, you know, in the following page, the uh, human, um, like, patsies who had led, led him to him like, in in reward for gold from Hi- from Hygis' uh, minions. It's like, you know, Baltimore sh- shows up and sh- tells him, yeah, it's like, I know you led me to them, but now it's like, you know, tell me where he really went. It's like, that's, that's kind of like, you know, like, that's kind of business where it's like, you know, ha- uh, Baltimore's wallet, might as well just read on um, bad motherfucker as well. It's like, it's like he, like for these first four volumes, he is a singular, determined presence, and also just like you know someone who is like thoroughly fun to to read about you know, as he it's like he is like he's driven. It's like he is tormented, but you know, it's like he um he's not about to let any bullshit get in his way of his vengeance. And that works really well. yeah,' It's like, and it also helps that he's also got a uh, interesting counterpart on the other side of the equation. In the sense that you have know, got um, like the uh, like one of the uh, priests of the uh, um, in- Inquisition, um, Andre Duvik, who is um, you know, as he is, a, it's actually a very sadistic um, presence in in the idea that you know, like if you are um, tainted with sin, he will torture the fuck out of you um, in order to um, purge that sin for you. But hey, if you if you and if you live. You know, with your various cuts and your loss of your tongue, it's like, and all that. It's like, hey, congratulations! You're you've been purified in the eyes of the Lord. It's like he he's a um he's a uh, very interesting take on the idea, like you know, of, of purity, especially when it's like when you realize that um, it's like he's it's like that. Yeah, he. I mean, you look at him and he's obviously um. Misguided, and um, then this, but the story recognizes as well, like especially when he's cursed by one um, by a gypsy who has been um, working with Lord Baltimore, and then um, he that curse benefits itself like at the end of volu- like in at the end of the first story in volume four. Now, the thing is um, with Baltimore, the uh, first four volumes are the adaptation of the story, of co with Golden, and you know that's easily the. St- the strongest part of the series volumes five through eight take the story beyond that as, um, it's like, as after, after Hygis has been, well, he's been taken care of for lack of a better term, but you know, then there's his master who we've been told about the, um, red King, a malevolent force. It's like, you see an alternate dimension who wants to, um, take like, um, take over our, our world well it's like that's you know there's a uh, it's like mingola and um Berg and uh, golden have, have seeded this idea well so you know it's like when it's like even though like like the uh like things kind of reach a kind of conclusion in volume four there's still reason to keep reading there um because like now it's the, vo- the fight is against the uh, the red king now it doesn't get off to the um spry- um Spritus of starts with um, volume five, um, The Apostle and the Witch of Harju, because um, Stenbeck um, ceases to become the primary artist for the series. That she that shift become that shift that shifts to the work of Peter Bird King. King um, is probably um, closer to Mignola's um um Mignola's online Line work and style, he's got um, more detail to his work, but he doesn't quite um, like have have the same like sense of style or texture. This is the style that Mignol has, or the texture that that um, Sinbeck does. Especially um, when you look at Volume Five, and um, Burger King's um, lead story is followed by um, Sinbeck's two issues, which you look at it and go, "Yeah, this is this is kind of what I." what I expect from like, you know, Baltimore, um, King, uh, he's a perfectly capable artist, like to be said, but you know, it's like, he's not Stendbeck, He's not Brignola, but, um, so it's kind of like, it's, it's honestly disappointing that, that, um, that Stenbeck wasn't able to continue, um, that, you know, he wanted to, well, I can't, like begrudge for wanting to pursue other, like, um, artistic, um, projects, you know, after having worked on, um, four volumes of Baltimore, but, um, Bergting, um, you know, he's fine. It's like, he's, he's perfectly capable. It's like, he's just not, like, as good as what has come before. I just have to say that. And the, the four volumes following, you know, it's like, aren't quite as good as the, uh, that preceded them because I think I would like to say that's part because you know it's like we've extended expanded the cast as well because like we've got instead of like the singular focus on Baltimore now we're dealing with um, like his um, like his friends his and his comrades who he's picked up like in the course of um, fighting against the uh, it's like the Red Kings um, cult and minions now some of them are perfectly interesting um, sister Sarish, the uh, second like the uh, Hindi, like um, uh, like the like the the Hindi believer who um like who fights alongside with them. Um, Sophia, who uh, like whose husband was um possessed by a witch who followed the Red King, or Judge Rigo, who um, or sorry, Inquisitor Rigo, who um was a for, was part of the um, Inquisition who went after Judge Duvic Inquisitor Duvic. After he was um, cursed, but then found a reason to follow uh, Lord, Balt- um, Lord Baltimore instead. Now it's like some of these characters are you know perfectly fine, and like the uh, scope of the series does expand as we're now we're able to follow um, characters in multiple um, areas of like areas of the world. But at the same, we lose that singular focus on Baltimore. It's like. Like, yeah, he's got his, he's definitely got his moments. But, um, it's not the, uh, same. It's like, you know, hey, hey, it's one man against the world. It's like, it's like all these people against, it's like against it. It's like, and you know, it's like, it's like, and it's like, it's been, it's entertaining, but it's not, like I said, it's not as, um, thrilling as the first war volumes were now. The final volume, which I guess I should probably talk about more because this is because I've mentioned the uh, previous um, volumes, it's like on the side as well. But um, the Red Kingdom, like I will say this, it is a uh, it is a um worthy it is a fitting end to the series. It's like I do wish, however, that you know maybe we had gotten like one more volume to flesh things out because at the end of volume seven. Like we ended with um, the Red King, like inhabiting this world in the body of um, Baltimore's um, childhood friend Thomas Childress. Now, with the Red Kingdom, it picks up a couple of years later with um, Baltimore rumored dead and the um, Red King's cult and followers, um, fly, um, like having um, taken over the majority of Europe, Russia, and Asia. It's like. And I kind of wish that we had gotten uh, more, like, um, like more to flesh out that, that that current status quo that we begin with begin the volume with. It's Like, you know, just the uh, both the ascent of the uh, like of, of the Red King's um, troops, but also with the uh, like with um, Baltimore's, um, you know, his the fake out of regarding the rumors of his death. The uh, it's like the, the Inquisition Inquisition's shift towards from shift from like, um, purity against the uh, it's like, like, like against um, the iniquities of religion to being a force that like will fight the uh, like that that will fight the Red King using all the um, magic available to it, including um, pagan um, magic as well. So. Like I can like I said, there's, like, um, volume eight, kind of like, like, begin, oh, and also with um, Doctor Rose, you know, just expounding on, you know, just how he became a master of plague magic, for lack of a better term. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, it's like the, like, the Red Kingdom, like, like it picked up with like, you know, like, uh, like, Baltimore, like summoning. Like his his former followers I'm um, too like I'm um, to his work like to his side so they can finally take out the red king before he is, attains his former power and it's you know it's like I think it it plays out pretty like you know pretty well like there's a there's plenty of struggle plenty of death but I think that there's it's parts of it feel really rushed it's like and that there's like I said there's like a volume of setup um Some of these things are missing, but um, and also, yeah, I kind of wish that um, Burger King had you know um, done certain um, scenes, such as um, Baltimore's final triumph against the Red King, uh, as a you know full page spread in turn instead of like just a um, single panel at the top of the page. Um, but uh, it's you know it's like, like I said, I think it's worth. I think it's if you've been following this series as I have, it's fine. It's probably not, like, as dy- dynamic or as compelling as you would hope for. But, you know, it's like, it's hard to say that I was really disappointed by this. It's like, yeah, maybe I wanted, wanted a little bit more drama from what we got here. But overall, it's like, you know, the Red Kingdom is a um, it's a fitting wrap-up to, wrap to the series. It's like, and I, like, I'm... It's like I'm fine with um, the fact that it's say uh, a uh, twenty-five dollar hardcover that I picked up, you know, for a certain amount of cheapness. It's like like on my shelf. So overall, it's like I would say that the uh, like it's an eight volume series. If you want to pick up the uh, the first four volumes, I would say are the absolute best of the series. But um, and after reading them, I would say that you know. It would probably be hard for you, like, you know, not to pick up the uh, the back half of it. But still, you know, it's like this is a series where the uh, the first half is definitely better than the second half, to be honest. And you know, it's like well, I know that Bignola um, has been um, more than willing to um, reprint his reprint um, the series that he's worked on in um, omnibus format. So you know, if you don't I feel like picking up like Baltimore right now, you may want to wait and see if like Dark Horse will offer series in like you know two, um, like um, four volume buy. So, there you go. But overall, it's like, um, like I said, Baltimore has it has no relation to the larger Mignola verse as seen in Hellboy or BPRD, but it's um, very interesting um, on its own terms. Especially the first half, and especially Volume Two, because like you said, if you read Volume Two, the curse spells, like you'll probably um, feel like I did and want to pick up the entire series after that. So there you go, um, John. Uh, I guess uh, any thoughts on your end about any of this? Uh, do you recommend this title? I do. Okay. Well, that's good. Excellent. Um, do you know what you're going to be talking about next week? Uh, something uh, similarly horror themed, I think, because like I've got the uh, final volumes of uh, Terry Moore's Rachel Rising, so like i am about to read those and then reread the entire series, like a retrospective, and then maybe um after after that's done, it's like I should be um, in a position to uh, talk about uh, Marvel's latest, um, arguably much maligned crossover. Um, secret invasion. So there you go. All right. Well, or we... sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, Se- Se- secret Empire. My bad. Like, ah, like yeah. Marvel's like you know they're these are their secret titles for <laughs> all these things that gets to be confused after a while. Some someday it's gonna be a secret secret. Yes. Something. <laughs> anyway, I, I would <laughs> like to I like to um, criticize you for that, but you're probably right. <laughs> all right, uh, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later. Bye.